Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to uh, manifestors, wherever you are tuning in from, whichever part of the world and whichever time of the day you are listening. Welcome to this episode of Hunting for Purpose. (laughs) It's almost a song in my head at this point, like, (laughs) welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast. Like, it it has its own little uh, cadence and its own little tune to it after all of these episodes and all of these years that I have been recording. Uh, You have got me today for a solo episode and as we have been doing for the whole year up until this point, we are continuing to focus on relationships. I am still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still getting the lessons and like the great line six (laughs) that I sometimes am, the great line six I try to be, uh, I am learning the lessons. I am taking the pause. I am being objective and I'm getting the wisdom and I at this point in time, I mean, I'm, I'm recording this right at the end of June, uh, although this episode is not going to go out until kind of late August. So it's a couple of months ahead. Um, but I feel like the place that I'm in at the moment is an integrative space. I've had an intensely long, uh, deep journey. It's been going for about nine months now. And like all journeys, all journeys, it doesn't matter what it is, there is always a beginning, a middle and an end. And I feel like I'm very much in the end part of the journey and uh, you never know how long that's going to take, but I feel like I'm in the end part, in the end stages and I'm integrating. The lessons are dropping in. The wisdom is coming. I've, I've just taken a long period of time for space and objectivity. Um, I'm still in that. And of course, as a line six, it's in that that space and giving myself that distance that I get the wisdom, that I get the lessons, that I get the understanding. So um, I'm excited to just continue bringing you this stuff as it as it lands for me and doing so in the trust and the hope that it, it is something really beneficial for you and it, it lands for you in a way that helps you transform or helps you transmute or helps you heal whatever it is that you are needing. And at the very least, I hope it's thought provoking. Um, I'm right in the middle of school vacation time for my kids. And so I'm just being messy and allowing that to happen and recording as I've got my children around me and my youngest manifester is in the room right now. My almost 10 year old manifester, uh, my projector is currently waving at me from the door. You are almost 10 years old. Yes. Of course, the little manifesto is interrupting me. I had a beautiful conversation just this morning with Amy Douglas. You can hear her on episode 148 where we were talking about um, her experience through Manifesto Mastery. 
and uh, she's a beautiful three five emotional manifester. And and uh, before we started the call, she was just reminding me, you know, it's it's okay to be messy. It's okay to have noise in the background of your podcasts and your recordings. It's okay to have the dogs barking, and because uh, I'm I'm often apologizing for that so much. And she said, no, it it feels real. It feels authentic. So. I'm owning that. Thank you, Amy, for that <laughs> little moment. It's impacted me and it's initiated me. So I'm just recording in the mess today. So what we're going to talk about today is a quirky little area that I'm titling Manifesta Fandom. And uh, that probably doesn't make much sense <laughs> as a title of a podcast. But as soon as I start describing this to you guys, every single manifesta out there is going to get it. And I, I want to talk about this from two different lenses. I want to talk about this from the manifester experience of receiving it in and the manifester experience of giving it out and how those affect us in really vastly different ways, very polarized ways, um, and how this is really showing up in our relationships and is potentially destabilizing some of your relationships in some ways. Now, all of this comes from the basis of knowing that manifestors live behind what we call the closed energy. We know that the manifesto aura is refers to referred to as a closed aura and that's always the terminology that I have used because that's what's used within the human design system. Um, and I think that like over recent months I have personally been moving through a journey of just feeling like that language has now become outdated and it's uh, it's starting to become more harmful than helpful. So I have chosen to start referring to the manifesto aura as dense and protective rather than closed because I it's not actually closed it just has an effect of feeling energetically closed so just informing you guys that I'm going to start referring to it a little bit differently as I feel like I've evolved and the community's evolved and even the collective has evolved as well so we know we need to understand that the manifesto aura is this dense protective aura. That's the energy that we live behind. So there are people on the other side of that aura, everyone around us, and then we are on the inside of that aura. It's like a wall that exists energetically between us and other people. And that really informs and creates so much of our experience as manifestors. We are very, very quick to overlook the aura and we want to focus on informing and initiating and our energy cycles and our creative urges. But actually, the aura is what brings everything together. The aura is the theme that runs through every single experience that we have as a manifestor. And we cannot look past the aura when it comes to relationships, which is why I've spoken so much about the manifestor aura in our content this year, because whenever we're involved in relationship, our aura plays the key role. Our aura becomes the thing that takes center stage because our aura is what people are receiving of us. And our aura is also the thing that is filtering the way that we see people responding to us. So as manifestors that live behind this dense and protective aura, there are a few unique, almost niched little experiences that we have that other energy types do not ever have. And one of those is this experience of fandom. People totally fangirl or fanboy over manifestors. They fall in love with us. They get infatuated with our energy and they get really, really, really excited about 
you know, what we're doing and who we are and wanting to be around us. This is a really cool thing. It's actually your aura being magnetic. We know that the opposite of that is that the aura also repels. It will push people away. And so on the inside of our aura, we have this experience of people either deeply love me almost to this like sick point, you know, that they're infatuated with me or they hate me for absolutely no reason. And there's nothing that I can do to to seemingly change their mind. And in previous episodes, we've spoken about how um, even in relationship with people, you can go from magnetizing somebody to repelling somebody. You can go from repelling somebody to magnetizing somebody. It's the aura doing the work for you. It's not your personality. It's not your words. It's not necessarily your actions. It's it's the aura doing its thing. It's doing its movement. But when the aura is magnetizing, the responses that it generates from people that come towards us as the manifester are like fandom responses. We start to create this relationship with people where they are so magnetized by us, so into us, so like obsessed with everything that we do and everything that we are that they they kind of drip off us, right? They want to be up in your space. They want to be around you. They want to be constantly with you. And I, I think that we could argue that maybe this is more relevant to some types than other types. You know, like we often tend to attract projectors. Projectors are really um, adoring of manifestors. Um, sometimes it's generators, but I, I honestly, in my experience of what I've seen, it's across all of the energy types and it's not to do with what the other person's energy is. It's actually to do with their readiness to receive the manifestors aura and how deeply they're willing to kind of stumble into that. But because there's this mysterious quality to the manifesto aura, because it's dense, right? It's dense. It's hard to see through. It does take on this mystery, this kind of dark mystery to the manifesto aura. And that is enough to keep people engaged, to keep them guessing, to feel like it's kind of delicious to be up around a manifesto. You know, it's it's unique and it's always changing. And and there's a an in crowd and an out crowd. We all know that about manifestors, that when you are up in our space, you are in the in crowd because you don't get in with a manifestor unless they've let you in. So you're either in or you're out. And I think that that creates a particular experience and a particular feeling in the people around us that people are magnetized to us and they want to be in. They want to be part of the in crowd. They want to be chosen. But the, the manifester, we as manifestors are so selective, so selective with that and are almost vicious in it that we are, we're so keen to make sure that the people that we want to come in, the people that we allow to come in are genuinely just the ones that we really, really, really want, the ones that are really going to be supportive, the ones that we really love. So there is a lot about the manifesto energy and the way that we operate within that energy when it comes to relationships that is selective, right? And and the reason I say vicious is because there's a kind of a brutality to it. There's a black and white. It's very in or out. It's very yes or no for us when it comes to relationships like that. Who are you allowing into your space and who are you not allowing into your space? Now, none of this is a bad thing. 
Like in no way is this a bad thing. And I think that every manifester has experienced this on some level. Some experience, uh, sorry, some manifestors experience it more than others. I think that the more in alignment we become, the more we experience this because we become more magnetic and we attract more people. And I want to be really mindful that there might be manifestors out there listening who are like, well, nobody, nobody fangirls over me. Like nobody's into me. Well, open some eyes and pay some attention because it's likely that you do. It's likely that you've had people who have been very loyal to you and very committed to you. And maybe you've overlooked that. Okay. Um, because your aura is not just always repelling. <laughs> you, if your aura is repelling, then it's also magnetizing and it's drawing people in. But here's where it starts to get a little bit sticky. This is where it starts to get uh, somewhat kind of emotional and, and sometimes problematic as a manifester because we're so selective about the people that we allow in. And because our aura has this quality where it protects us from things outside coming inwards. Um, so when something is coming to us from outside, our initial instinct is to push it away. It's to say, no, I'm not taking that. I'm not taking that. And this, I, I laugh about this when it comes to human design because the vast majority of manifestors that I've spoken to, when they first hear about human design, they resist it. They fight it. They say no, because it comes to them from an outside source. It comes to them from someone or something. And they say, uh, -uh don't want it. Not interested. No, <laughs> not going there. And then we, we, over time, surrender to it and we let it in. And I, I think that that's just the most beautiful, hilarious example of the manifesto that we are not designed to receive things from outside. So inherently, when something outside tries to come in, we say, uh, -uh no, push it back out. Protective aura, bounce it bounce it back out, move it away. I didn't choose that. I didn't ask for it to come in. If I did ask for it to come in, I'd welcome it with open arms. I wouldn't push it away. But because it came to me without me asking, without me knowing, you know, without my invitation, without any prediction, then I don't want it. I'm going to push it away. Um, and this is a good little side note that not everything that comes to you from outside is bad. Like sometimes we have to surrender. <laughs> to those things because they're actually really good for us but when we get this manifest a fandom thing happening when we're magnetizing people and and they really want to be around us and they really want to spend time with us they want to know about our lives they want to be connected with us they want to do projects with us they want to work with us um, they want to share everything about themselves with us they want to support us right they want a relationship with us they want close connection with us because they want that inness that comes from being chosen by a manifestor because that's coming from the outside and if we didn't ask for it if we didn't consciously initiate that inform that invite that and say oh i want you i choose you as a person then it feels like it's an outside thing being pushed in and we get this kind of sense i it's my body is actually moving <laughs> as i'm talking because there's this imagery to it but i can't, because i'm not on video i can't represent it there's this sense of like people trying to touch you like oh and you shrugging your shoulder away as the manifestor like oh i know that you're fanning over me but mm -mm -mm, mm, no just no because we know that feeling we know that sense of you want something from me. You're coming to me from outside. I didn't invite you to come in. Um, and my space here is precious. And so I, I 
kind of, I just instinctively want to push you out. I just want to push you out of my space. And, and I think that we see this current running through manifesto relationships everywhere, right? That people uh, want to be near us. They want to be friends with us. They want to work with us. I can't even tell you the number of regular like messages and emails that we get here at the manifesto community from um, people very lovingly, you know, and very excitedly being like, oh, you know, if there's a space in your team, I want to work for you, or I have these skills and I can bring them to your team because I, you know, I want to work with you. I want to do this. Or, you know, do you do like one-on-one coaching because I want to want to work with you. And um, it's just the magnetizing element of that that manifesto aura and i think because we have a whole group of manifestors hanging out together that becomes that becomes really amplified but there is that sense for every manifestor of mm, oh, just mm. but no but no because i didn't initiate that i didn't ask for that i didn't invite that i didn't choose you to come in and so my aura is pushing against that it's protecting me from taking in the things that i didn't choose to take in because my choice is really what is important here this of course when we boil it down is rejection it's rejecting we are saying this person this relationship or even this thing that is coming to me from the outside and trying to come in and being my space i'm rejecting it i'm pushing it away I know that a lot of us feel some level of guilt or shame around that, that we feel callous and cold for pushing people away. Um, It's also something that we adjust to. It's something that we become used to. I think the more that we own our power as manifestors, the more we own our sovereignty as manifestors, we start to understand, ah, okay, I am magnetic. People do get infatuated with me. People do get really excited by me and lit up by me and they want to be in my space and they want to share what I do and I can't take all of those people in. And so it's good when my aura is being protective, that's good, right? And I'm going to allow that to happen because without sounding too arrogant about it, you know, I know you love me and I know you're into me, but that doesn't mean that I'm into you. That doesn't mean that I want to let you be in this inner space with me. It's rejection. It's rejection. This is an important term to keep in mind because now I want to flip that script. What does this mean then for the manifester looking out at other people? So let's just keep that wound of rejection in the back of our minds for now and let's flip the script, right, and start talking about instead of, you know, people fan fangirling or fanboying over a manifester, does a manifester ever fangirl or fanboy over someone else? Does that happen to us? Do we get really excited and really lit up and really, uh, you know, inspired and magnetized to other people? Generally, no. Generally, we don't. The experience for us is somewhat of an imbalanced experience. Partially, it's, it's kind of imbalanced that we get a lot of people being all up in our business, a lot of people fanning over us, but we extremely rarely find ourselves doing that for other people or to other people. We simply don't get that inspired. 
by others. We don't get that excited about others. We don't think that other people are that fascinating or that engaging. And this is not to say that we don't love anyone and we're not attracted to anyone and, you know, we're not interested in anyone. Certainly we are. We have romantic relationships. We have friendships. We have, you know, business partnerships. We are interested in other people because we're not machines and we're not monsters. But that infatuation, mm, that is rare for a manifester to feel that for someone else. That is extremely rare for a manifester to feel that for someone else. I think that we are used to being the initiating energy. We're used to being um, the energy that commences everything and that is something enticing and really exciting and we don't see that represented in other people and so we kind of don't get enticed right on an energetic level i think that we're also because we live behind the dense aura we're energetically a little bit separate from everyone around us we're not really designed to be responsive to people on some level i think that that means that that we are less engaged by other people than people are engaged by us but what happens in those rare moments when you come across somebody that you are magnetized to as a manifester when you come across somebody who you just think is everything like this person is the bee's knees they are so compelling and so magnificent and so remarkable and so extraordinary and you want to be all up in their business like I want to be close to you I want to be engaged in your energy I want to connect with you I want to learn about you I want to see what you can teach me and what I will teach you again this can occur in every format of relationship this can occur in friendships in romantic relationships in family relationships in business relationships (laughs) this can occur anywhere that a manifester is in any kind of relationship it's just that it's super duper rare for us to experience that I think um, I speak with manifestors about this quite often actually I've just never placed it into content before but uh, I know that this is a very very common if not universal feeling for manifestors that we're just kind of like well I'm just not that excited by other people (laughs) like I'm just not that curious about them and again I'm not talking about love I'm not talking about a manifestor falling in love with someone. I'm not talking about a manifestor being attracted to someone. I'm not talking about a manifestor finding somebody interesting. I'm talking about that sense of, oh my gosh, I am a fan of yours. Like I am so inspired by you that I will follow you wherever you go, like whatever work you're doing, I want to be a part of it. I want to spend time with you. I I want to, you know, hugely let you into my inner circle, like I am just obsessed with you. I am enamored by you. That is such a once in a blue moon experience for manifestors that I think that when we come across it, we get really unsettled because we don't have a lot of experience being in that space. We don't have a lot of experience being in that dynamic. What we know is what it feels like from the inside. We know what it feels like when people do that to us, when people fangirl over us. And remember, we view that as, oh, 
when somebody fans over me, most of the time I reject them. Most of the time I reject them because I don't like their hands being all up in my energy and try getting connection with me. I reject them. And so usually, usually the, the mental narrative, the story that we have, these core beliefs that we have developed around feelings of inspiration and, and um, you know, enamor, enamorment and infatuation of another person is that it means rejection. It means rejection to us. So when we find ourselves in these rare situations, when we, when we find these people that, yes, we, we do fan over, right, as crazy and as unusual as that is, what unsettles us is a fear of rejection. I have seen so many manifestors go through this experience. I myself have recently gone through this experience. And I see and read and hear manifestors communicating to me in this way, when manifestors get really magnetized to me and to the work that I do, I, I hear a lot of this language in the way that they speak is that there's a lot of apology. There's a lot of kind of submission and a lot of groveling and like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to bother you. I don't want to get in your space. I don't, you know, I don't want to be that person. And I totally understand if you don't want me around, right? It's manifestors guarding themselves and preparing themselves for this what is believed to be the ultimate outcome of rejection. It is a mental narrative. This is what we call a schema where the brain has actually created a storyline. So A plus B equals C. Okay, infatuation with someone or being enamored with somebody and then trying to pursue that equals rejection because that's what I feel like when other people do it to me. So that is now the story that I create. And what I see amongst manifestors is that that fear of rejection, because this is a primal human fear, as humans, we all have a fear of rejection, right? Because rejection means that you don't survive. If you are rejected, if you are abandoned, these are human fears woven into our DNA. They mean that you do not survive. We also know that manifestors have rejection as our core wound. And we had a previous episode on the four core wounds for manifestors. So definitely go and listen to that if you don't know what I'm talking about. But manifestors have this extra layer. We have this kind of like double, double wound, right? We've got this human fear, this human wound around rejection. And then we also have the manifestor core wound around rejection. Because if we get rejected, then we don't have an impact, we need to be accepted in order for our initiations to have the impact that they are designed to have. Manifestors deeply fear rejection. We are deeply wounded around rejection. We also have a whole ancestral lineage for the last several hundred years of manifestors having been rejected from society, having been rejected from our relationships because our energy doesn't really have the same place in society and in relationships that it used to our our energy then gets received as threatening our energy gets received as unpredictable uncontrollable rejection is a thing for us and so of course we are overly sensitive to it of course we are braced for it of course you know we have schemas we have stories in our mind we all have traumas around rejection we are on the knife edge in our relationships in terms of paying attention to is this rejection is this rejection is this rejection so when we get really excited 
by someone. When we start fanning over someone, not only is it unusual, because we're not used to experiencing that. This is a rare occurrence for us. We might only get this, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times across our whole lifetime. We correlate it with rejection. And then we want to self-protect from the possibility of that rejection. Our nervous system steps in and says, oh, I know this, I know this. We're going to protect ourselves from rejection. So what I'm going to do is start to either withdraw I'm going to pull away from this relationship. I'm going to disconnect and like really want this person, really want this relationship. So kind of try to keep them there, but also withdraw and stay at this distance. So this often looks like I'm in the relationship. I'm out of it. I'm in it. No, I'm out of it. I'm in it. No, I'm out of it. Right. I'm always trying to bail out or it pushes us into pursuit where we then try to like chase that person down. We try to say like, I have to make this work. I have to force this to work because otherwise I risk rejection. So I have to be enmeshed with this person. I have to be so connected with them that there's no fear of the rejection anymore, that there's no fear of the abandonment anymore. And both withdrawing and um, pursuing are self-protection behaviors. They're both self-protection behaviors that actually come from trauma triggers in the mind. They come from those schemas, those stories in the mind. Now, what I've seen, and I think I've now said this several times in the podcast, but just for the sake of clarity, what I've seen is that when manifestors get into these relationships with people where we are genuinely, we're genuinely fanning over them, right? Like we are really inspired by that person. We're really, really into that other person because something about their energy really speaks to us. Something about their energy feels expansive to us. It feels interesting. It feels exciting. It feels fascinating to us. It's unsettling and we we feel that uncertainty. We feel that fear, that rejection wound flare And we start to bring all of these behaviors into that relationship, which destabilize it. We start to bring our trauma triggers in. We start to bring our wounded attachment styles in. We start to um, have our like angry outbursts because we feel out of alignment. And so we, we express angrily. We start to use really harmful communication techniques or we start to feel deeply resentful and we hold that anger in and we just resent the other person and we see then we start to become defensive and we make you statements. This is you making me feel this way. It's you doing this to me. We have a fear here around um, this sense of my power is being given away. My power is being given away. I'm not normally the person in this position. I'm not normally the person in this submissive position. I'm normally the person who everybody wants. And I don't, I don't want to be in this place. Now, I'm not necessarily bringing any kind of golden utopic solution here. This is a multifaceted thing that is going on for manifestors. And what we need to understand is that there's complexity happening here. That, yes, as manifestors, we can find ourselves in these dynamics of relationships. And often we're assuming that the relationship is broken, that it's dysfunctional, that we just can't seem to bring bring it together. Like, why can't we make this work? It must be the other person. It must be this great big problem between us. No, no. We are starting things from a certain 
perspective, a certain standing point as manifestors that before we even get into all of our reactions to these feelings around rejection as a manifestor, that simply the fact that we are fanning over someone already puts us in a particular lens. It already puts us in this kind of unsettled, uncomfortable, uncertain place in the same way that it just kind of doesn't really occur necessarily for other people. Because remember, like we are used to that happening to us. We are not necessarily used to being the person in that position. It's really important for me to, you know, with a lot of the the aspects of my energy and my chart to share personal stories with you guys. And it's not something that I do a whole lot of in my content. Um, I'm working on that. I'm still working on that. But I, I want to take the opportunity to, I guess, bring some structure to this by sharing a personal story and uh, to be open about how I've responded and how I've seen myself navigate through this exact thing very recently. Um, I have been friends with a person who kind of entered my life very unexpectedly and uh, not a romantic relationship at all, purely a friendship. And I simply was and still am enamored by this person, like so infatuated so inspired so connected like I think that this friend is the most remarkable human being that I have ever come across in my whole life and this is a completely mutual feeling I mean the first several months of our friendship were just this back and forth like love fest of you are remarkable oh my gosh no you are remarkable and oh I just learned this thing about you and isn't this amazing and oh no but I just saw this in you and like that's incredible and um it was this like light up fest of I am equally magnetized to you as you are to me and that feels like oh like fireworks explosive like there is so much love and this is so unique and so rare and so profound and there you know was this kind of like akashic elements to it like we know each other we've met each other before we have so much love for each other so much respect for each other and guess what i felt really unsettled really unsettled the more that that became um, the experience, the more that that became the reality of like, oh my gosh, I actually, yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely really into this person. I'm genuinely really kind of like, I just adore this person. I adore this person. And they're a friend, right? Like this, this is not even a romantic relationship. And oh my gosh, like this is so uncomfortable. I'm not used to being in this position. I'm not used to being this person, I was 100% willing to accept that coming from them because I'm used to that, right? Like, oh, okay, that's cool. That person's just magnetized to me. I get it. I get it. They think that I'm really cool. I'm not used to being the person feeling that way about somebody else. And I started to see these patterns slipping in where that fear of rejection and my traumas around rejection were starting to get highlighted. And I started to become angry right? I started to get really, uh, one of my woundings, this is found in my Venus sequence. So if you, if you haven't done gene keys, definitely dive in. Um, your Venus sequence shows you all of your wounds in relationships. And one of my wounds is that I will intellectualize people, kind of criticize people through intellect and break them down intellectually in order to keep away from them, 
right, in order to kind of keep them at a distance. And that wound came out. I started to intellectualize this person. I started to look for all of the ways that it was imperfect, all of the ways that this person was inadequate and not performing and saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing or not being completely reliable. I started uh, imposing these very reactive boundaries like, oh, okay, well, you did this. And so now I have to put this boundary in place. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to kind of with very, you know, articulate language, I'm going to place that upon you and make you feel bad about what you've done and make you feel like you have to make that up to me. But, um, you know, I think as manifestors, we can all be really good at making things sound very convincing. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not doing this from my trauma trigger. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm doing this because like, this is the most aligned way forward. No, actually, it's just a trauma trigger speaking. Um, and I noticed myself starting to move into those patterns. Then what began happening was because this person's a sacral being, they started responding through their own trauma triggers. And so then we got into this enmeshment where it was trauma bonding, right? It was my traumas were triggered and I was reacting from that place or initiating from that place. And this person was then getting their traumas triggered and they were responding to me from those trauma triggers. And then that would activate my traumas further and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Both of us terrified, right, of, of being rejected. Both of us terrified of being abandoned, adopting some really unhealthy communication styles. I was getting angrier and this person was getting angrier and more frustrated as well as we were going further along. And I see now, looking back again, line six, I have some objectivity. I see now that one of the origin points of that was that as a manifester, I just kind of got really magnetized to this person and that made me feel uncomfortable that made me question whether I was you know giving my power away it made me question whether I was really keeping my power as a manifester whether I was I don't know whether I was submitting to somebody else because I'm not used to being in this position of being so magnetized to someone I am used to seeing that as rejection. And the longer that I've taken with this and the more that I've observed this amongst manifestors around me, guys, I think that this is a deep area of healing for us in relationships. This is one of those kind of tucked away in the dark little corners aspects of being a manifestor. And it's something that we need to bring some light to in our own individual journeys, but certainly within our conversations within the manifesto community amongst this collective of manifestors that we have here where we can initiate each other into this space and, and we can be open and we can be accountable for our healing in this area because these relationships for us where we fall into fandom around other people and we get magnetized to other people the way that they so frequently are to us, those are a special gift. Those are a gift for a manifester to be inspired by somebody else. Oh, those are our portals for expansion. Those are our portals for expansion. They're our portals for healing. They are our portals for being catalyzed in this huge way because every mirror is a relationship. And so the more invested we are in the relationship, the bigger the mirrors are. And those are the relationships which are going to show you your traumas and show you your wounds to the level 
to which you will never see yourself. This is why healing happens in relationships, because you can only see so much of yourself. And then you need other people to be able to mirror that back to you. And in, as manifestors, when we don't necessarily need relationships, but we want relationships, it takes something pretty special. It takes something pretty powerful to get our attention enough in another person to be expanded and to be catalyzed in that way because we are so used to simply expanding and catalyzing and initiating ourselves because we can do it for ourselves. Having someone else do it for us, oh, it's beautiful, it's remarkable, it's extraordinary, it's painful, it's challenging. Now, I don't really know where this friendship is at at the moment, right? I, I'll, I'll keep reporting back to you <laughs> as I go along, but where it sits right now is that there's there's space. There is space being created and I am so grateful for the space because the space is giving me objectivity. The objectivity is allowing me to see the wisdom, to integrate those lessons. Um, and, and I continue to be enamored by this person. So I feel like the journey is not yet done there. I don't want there to be any kind of uh, undertone here of, oh, you know, eventually you'll just not be magnetized by these special people that you come across. You'll get the lessons and then you'll disappear. They'll disappear from your lives. I think we as a society have moved to a place where we have become far too dismissive of relationships. We've become far too quick to step out of relational connection and say, oh, red flags. Okay, that's done. Yep, toxic. Yeah, that's what it is. That's a toxic relationship. No, no, most relationships aren't toxic. Most people aren't toxic. People are just operating from their own stories and their own wounds. And what we need to learn as a collective is compassion for that. We need to have compassion for ourselves from the standpoints that we enter a relationship in. And we need to have compassion for the other person as an individual, having their own individual experience in the same ways. And what that is creating together within the entity of a relationship is that helpful for you? Is it expansive for you? Is it healing for you? Can you safely and sovereignly hand yourself over to that experience? Okay, I'm starting to lose my voice, so I'm going to stop speaking now. This has been a bit of a thought-provoking one. This has been a bit of a, uh, you know, Alice in the Looking Glass <laughs> kind of episode. Let me know how this landed with you. As always, of course, share it on your social media or inform us, tell people around you, like email us if you want to do it more privately. Um, yeah, let me know if this provoked something in you, if this resonated with you, if this landed with you. If you're part of the Facebook group, definitely post it in there. I love seeing that commentary and being able to engage with you there. To all of the manifestors out there who are having people fan over them, Enjoy the experience, guys. We're all there with you. We know what it's like, <laughs> the good and the bad. And for all the manifestors out there who are being magnetized and fanning over somebody else, may you heal through that. May you expand through that. May you allow that to be um, the growth experience that it is designed lovingly to be. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for listening. I am going to be back with you guys in early September. Um, but our next episode coming up is the gorgeous, divine, oh, incomparable Day Luna, Dana and Shana from Day Luna. And if there was one podcast episode I encourage you to listen to in this entire year, it would be that one. Because um, the love, the true love that they have for manifestors and the way that they are able to see us is 
next level. Um, and they have been a hugely integral part of my experience as a manifester coming into alignment. So tune in next week for uh, Manifest Insights with Day Luna, and I will catch you solo again in a couple of weeks' time. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.